took an egg on the street. Come and see me in a pop-up tree. There's nothing in this field to eat. Come and see me in a pop-up tree. Sweet to me, baby, sweet to me. Come on, see me in a pop-up tree. You're sweet to me, baby, sweet to me. Come on, see me in a pop-up tree. Come on, see me in a pop-up tree. Hi, everyone. This is Marshall Miller, and you are listening to part two of Oral History with Chester Whistler. In this episode, we will cover everything from Pop-Up's time in basic training right after high school through the completion of his service in the Korean War. We're live recording. Okay, so we're here for our second installment of... The interrogation of Pop Pop Whistler. <laughs> um, I think that last time we left off, we had just wrapped up high school, right? We did. Uh, we talked up through your graduation, I think, um, and that might be a good place to leave off because we wanted to jump off from that into discussing the Korean War and how you met um, Nan and talk through some of those things. So let's start with the end of high school, I guess. Um, you graduated in what year from Penn Manor? 1949. 1949. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember your graduation ceremony at all? Yeah. I. Well, not too much. I think Nan was. Uh, Nan had a speech in it, really. Really? Nan yeah, had a speech? Did. Yeah. It was like. She used to have a recording of it upstairs. I think we had we lost that though, Nan, didn't oh, we? Yeah. yeah. Bummer. But yeah, she made a she had a speech in her her uh, I had pretty good grades, so senior I graduation, that. yeah. Oh wow. She did. You had you had said you didn't know Nan too well back in high school. You kinda maybe you two just had different crowds or you kept to yourself a little bit. Yeah. But you remember the speech she gave a little bit, at least her doing it. Yeah, I, re I remember what we were doing. I'm trying to think of uh, what the theme was, Nan. Gosh, I saw that. <laughs> I can't even think. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to look through some stuff upstairs. I think I could find that, but I don't know the theme anymore. But I definitely know yeah. that, that she made it, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I, I had no idea that happened. So yeah, yeah. Nan gave a little speech, and I'm guessing your your parents were there. Oh yeah, yeah. Our parents. parents were definitely there. Yeah. yeah you and Nan's both yeah, your sets of parents there. Uh -huh. were there. Yeah. And then, uh, so it's 1949. You yeah. have your graduation. Um, what happened immediately after graduation? What was what was the plan? Did you uh, enlist in the Air Force upon graduating, or did it take a little bit of time for that to get started? Oh no, I didn't enlist right away. Um, I'm just trying to think. We did we talk about when we went to Washington? Did I talk about that? You talked about your senior class briefly going to Washington, okay, okay, um, yeah. and you talked about your father uh, taking you all on family trips down there yeah. from time to time. Yeah, yeah, okay. We did talk about that because that's where our senior class went. I have a big senior picture upstairs okay. you've seen already. Was well, that a trip before graduation? Or after, was that like a celebratory after graduation that, trip? That was a ce celebratorial. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. After graduation. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. What sorts of things did you all do? Did you go, I'm guessing you saw the monuments and you went to the museums? Yeah, we were there, what, a couple days, I think, Nan, uh-huh. weren't we? And oh, we went on a cruise. I think we had uh, had a dinner on a cruise. Uh-huh. And the rest of the time we were just uh, seeing places around Washington, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's probably an exciting trip for everybody to take, a nice little capstone to your time in high school. Yeah, that was a, a big deal then, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Fun Kids. Now, now, Neoma. Oh, Neoma <laughs> Brenneman, yeah. <laughs> um, were, you were already pretty dead set on joining the Armed Forces or the Air Force specifically at that time, but was that trip like an impactful moment that pushed you towards um, getting involved more, or was you were already pretty sure you were going to be in the Air Force before that trip? Well, I was pretty sure I was going to go to the Air Force, but I, I wasn't really going to go at that time. Mm. And when I got out uh, in 49, the main thing I wanted to do is get a job Yep. And, and get a car. I didn't have a car then. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing, my dad got me a job down Holtwood, and I worked on a transmission line there mm. with some local guys. On That's on the, the towers that you see around now. Oh wow! And and there below the dam, there's a couple of, there's one big tower that they used for pouring concrete, when they were building the dam, and and then they put it out on an island there, a little ways below the dam, and and turned it into a tower to put lines on, so we spent and it has cross beams in it, because it was a real heavy duty, tower, and so we spent the whole summer out there just about uh, painting that thing. Mm. And that was a sort of a, uh, it was a good job, but uh, it was sort of nasty too because you got a, a lot of smoke. They they burned the paint off one side of a, a beam with a torch, and then I was scraping the other side off with a putty knife. Oh, wow. And so yeah. <laughs> so we, we did that most of that summer. And then in the fall, we by hand we were mowing a, a part of the island with a scythe oh, out yeah. there, and then sometimes they, they would need work done on the transmission line someplace else, and we would go there and. So you do were that. you were what you, you were mowing the island that you're clearing brush and yeah, clearing things. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like hard work. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, I don't think I'm jealous of you. I used to use a weed whacker yeah. a lot, and that was yeah. hard work. But yeah. at least it had electric. Uh, yeah. I mean, motor power that would yeah. spin the the so, blades. So I learned how to sharpen the side and a few things then, and mm-hmm. and then in uh, then in the winter, I. Uh, I got in, into the plant and I became a, a electrician's helper. Mm. And, uh, Sounds like a better gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so uh, I was up working on some electrical stuff up on the hill there outside of Holtwood. They were building a substation there. And I was up there working then in, see, 50, 51. And what is, what is a substation? That's what you see around here now where they have big transformers and the lines come into them. Is that when they're, they're bringing the, the voltage of the power down yeah, to make it accessible right. yeah, for local markets? Yeah, step down and, yeah. then to, and they have, it sort of acts as a distribution point too. Were you and, working on a substation or was um, you were just working close to one of those? No, no, we were working on a substation. They were like pulling wires 
in conduit and things like that. Mm. And so uh, I was doing that kind of work in uh, 1951. Yeah. That was two years after I got out of high school. Okay, so right when you got out of high school, you started working on um, the, more the manual labor, the painting, the scraping, and then right. the mowing of the island. Right. What were the hours like for that? Was that 9 to 5, like a typical business day? or? Oh, I don't think. I think that was... Seven to four or something. A little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And then the electrician work, was that transitioning into normal nine to five, or was that still seven to four? I think that was earlier, yeah, eight, probably eight, eight. No, I think we went to work at seven. I don't know. I used to ride. I could ride to work with my dad then, you mm -hmm. know, because he worked down there. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, they started pretty early, yeah. I think it's more like seven. That's a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you can't remember some of these details, yeah. I totally understand. It's hard for me to remember some of them in my my years after high school were much sooner than yeah. <laughs> more recently than yours were. Yeah. Um. So you started working as an electrician's helper. Yeah, that's what you I was were, doing. You yeah. were working on this substation. What's do you remember? What sort of work you all were doing? Well, it was electrical, like we were pulling cables in, in uh, conduit. Okay, you know, well, forgive, forgive my ignorance here a little bit. What does pulling cables in conduits mean? Well, well, <laughs> I think I'm not the only listener of this who might be confused by that. So okay, what does that they mean? they were electrical wires that they put in a pipe, a little metal, a metal pipe. Okay. And, and, and so you put the pipe in first, and, and then you ran a... Uh, something through the pipe so that you could pull the wire in it. Then mm -hmm. you know you, you didn't get the pipe with the wire already in it or yeah. nothing. Okay? Yeah. So so you had to pull that in into the pipe and things like that. Okay, and you're doing this around in in the substation. Yeah. Uh -huh. and this is all part of the process of bringing down the voltage of incoming power. Yeah. And, okay. And they were building a new substation up up on top of the hill, right outside of Holtwood. There. Yeah. Is that it, substation it, still there? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Oh yeah. We should go look at that sometime too. Yeah. You can see it. You can't go up right up to it, but you can get to it now. Mm -hmm. The roads are blocked off up yeah. there. I don't think you want me getting too close to it anyway. <laughs> with oh, all those no, electric but they wires. just don't allow people up there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so you're working on that, and it's uh, 1951, you said? Yeah. Are you 19 at this point, 20? In 51, I'm 20, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so along comes the draft. Mm. I, I get to notice that I'm going to be drafted in that spring. So I think, well, I don't think I want to get drafted. So I decided that that's time for me to enlist in the Air Force. So you didn't get a notice that you were being drafted. You got a notice that you were in the draft and you were somebody who could be drafted. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Is that mm -hmm. something that you got in the mail? Yeah, yeah. What was, it? was that something that um, was frightening to get, or did you? was it something you would have been anticipating? Well, well by, by then, I knew that was coming because the Korean War had started in 1950. Mm. And so I, I knew something was going to happen pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so, uh, yeah, in, in 1951, is in January about, I decided I was going to enlist. So I went in and enlisted then, but they didn't take me on until May of 1951. Okay. So, so the next spring. Okay. So, so I continued working there at Holtwood. Mm. 
that long until yeah. May the and May you twelfth. May the twelfth was a date I can remember that. Are May, there that that's the day you enlisted? Yeah. No, I, the day I enlisted was back in January of fifty one. Oh, but the day they the took, day actually I, took you in. They took me in the service and and swore you in and everything, and off you went to boot camp. That was May twelfth, nineteen fifty one. May twelfth, that anniversary. May twelfth's coming up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, I used to celebrate. Oh wow! The eleventh, because they leave you out a day earlier. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Did... was four years later. That made me think too, mm. because if you'd have been drafted, they probably you might be in two years. Yeah. Yeah. But when you enlisted in the Air Force, it was for four years. In other words, they were. When did you get serious about this and your training and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had talked about wanting to be in the Air Force um, in high school and how, you know, seeing what happened in World War II and be your interest in planes and things with your dad, you had been uh, drawn to the Air Force. Were there bene- What benefits were in place for enlisting? It's You got to choose your branch. Is that what the, one of the main benefits was for you to enlist? Oh, you definitely got to. You could get in any branch you wanted. Oh, yeah. versus if you're enlisted, do they just put you where they need you? Yeah, you usually went in the Army. Okay. Which I considered, you know, it's strictly a, make you into a fighting machine and stuff. It's yeah. only, only marching and all this dumb stuff all the time. Where the Air Force, you had four years and a chance of getting an occupation for when you got out. You, did you view the Air Force sort of as a college situation where they were going to train you to and give you skills that would make you employable after the Air Force? Yeah, it wasn't a college situation, though, but it was a, a trade. You would learn how to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd probably spend maybe a year of your time in the Air Force training you to do a job. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there, there were benefits when you got out, the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah which would pay for your tuition, yeah. Um, at the time when you enlisted, I, I feel like it's strange that I know the least about the Korean War, I think, historically, which is odd because that's the war that you served in. Um, I don't really, it's hard for me to understand what was the what was the climate of the country like leading up to that because it was the one of the first major conflicts post-World War II, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, were, were, were things really tense? Were people worried we were getting back into another World War situation? No, this was five years after World War II was over, and everybody just glad for it to be over. And I don't think anybody was concerned except people like us, yeah. kids 19, 20, that were going to be drafted. The rest mm-hmm. of the country didn't give a rat's. Hmm. Nope. I don't think, and well, they never did because uh, it's sort of considered a forgotten war, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, in terms of the the way it's taught, it definitely doesn't get as much attention as some of the other wars. But you lived, you had an interesting timeline where you lived through, and you were conscious as a teenager through World War Two. So you sort of had that political history and that that memory, and then you were young enough to get drafted. So. Were you fearful of getting into the situations that you had seen growing up yeah, in World yeah, War Two? Yeah, you know, I think I did say this before. Yeah. You know, like uh, uh, magazines and stuff, and you would see War Life magazine, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember seeing military army, mostly army guys, piled up like logs in the winter. 
Yeah. Over in Germany, the dead ones, yeah. That's tough. Yeah, and I, I didn't like that too much. I thought I'd uh, go in for four years and uh, take my chances wherever, wherever I ended up. Yeah. So, I mean, you could end up in Korea or you could end ended up in Germany, you know. Mm-hmm. So, were your parents really, um, were they excited about you joining the Air Force or were they sort of letting you figure out what you wanted to do and not giving too much well, input? they weren't too happy when I enlisted, I don't think. They didn't. They just really weren't happy about being in the service. Huh. But, but I sort of made those decisions myself then. Yeah. I was 20 and I thought I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that, um, were they Methodist, your parents? Oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Methodists oh, are, yeah. I, I don't believe that they're pacifists, but was there just, they just had no desire to see their child yeah. put in harm's way in that yeah, way? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's about the that's some, scope of it, yeah. That's some parental fear that seems reasonable, <laughs> I guess, yeah. given everything they had lived yeah. through. Yeah, now, if you were going to college, you could get deferred, I think. If mm. you were already in college then, yeah, straight out of high school into college. Okay. Or if you got married, you were put down to a different draft class. You know, you weren't like 1A, the first to go. Yeah. And so and I you, was you 1A. So. You thought about college a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had thought about it. Yeah. But, yeah. And then there's people moved up to Canada then, too. You know, <laughs> kids. Not a lot. Not a yeah. lot. I don't think any. Hardly anybody around here went up there, but that was a word in the news and stuff. Yeah, that people were fleeing the Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but that wasn't. I didn't feel that was an option. Yeah. Wasn't so, going to do that. So you enlisted in January, and then May twelfth mm -hmm. of was it not uh, fifty one, yep. right? Yeah, May twelfth. Yep. They That's when they took you in, and. You were already in the Air Force, enlisted when you hung out with Nan on that double date, right? Or was yes, that before? Yes, yes, yeah, I was in, yeah, that was later. Yeah, that okay. Was, that was December, January of 51, 52 and 53. Oh, 52 so you were a little farther in. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, well, let's, let's, <clears throat> we'll wait on, we'll not jump right into that then. So it's, uh, it's May 12th, you get brought in what is getting brought into the air force look like you have to travel to the base that you're assigned to yeah first you get basic training we uh, they took me into in town here where i, I enlisted and then mm -hmm. they took you up to harrisburg okay and there was a group you know maybe a 15 of us or so went in then and and, and that's where you took your oath okay and, and you were in the air force did you take it in a courthouse or in uh, some sort of base yeah, I think it was uh, it was a uh, up at Harrisburg at uh, it was a military base up there. Yeah, and and then they put you on a train, and and they had two basic places, and they sent people. One of them was up in New York, where they they had just opened an old training base that belonged to the Navy in World War Two. So, mm -hmm. and, and then the other place was down in Texas. And thankfully, I, I got to go to New York because I didn't <laughs> like the idea of going down to Texas. Yeah, it's a lot farther it away. Hot, yeah, it yeah. was hot and summer coming. Mm -hmm. And so so I got on a train, and uh, I think we rattled out. It's sort of a roundabout way to get up to New York from here. Uh, and so we, I think it went to Pittsburgh, and then 
from there got an, uh, another train up up there to it's close to Watkins Glen there in the south border. Okay. Uh, and and we went on a navy base called uh, Sampson. Where is where is that um, located in proximity to the Pennsylvania New York border? Okay, it's right near. Uh, well, it's right almost on the border. It's it's in the Finger Lakes. You know the the five Finger Lakes there. Yeah, You've been I've been up, up in, in that area. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's on, it's on the the north end of one of those Finger Lakes. I think it was forget now Seneca, and mm. and uh, and so yeah, it was. Seneca Lake, I think it was. It was uh, the north end of, of that, and we we actually went there uh, years later. Nan and I visited that, and mm-hmm. and then they had torn down most of it, and they had turned it into a state park. Oh, and then uh, Wayne took us up there two years ago, and went through it, and they have sort of a museum things up there now, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you you show up there with are you with a troop of I don't know is it twenty is it ten or more no, than that a guys? Flight, I think there's about thirty in it. Yeah, probably thirty a people. Flight of thirty people, and you were in one barracks. And you, yeah. And you all lived together, and uh, were they it, rough on you like the, yeah, the way they are dumb on the army? Things, you know, you're out crawling around in the grass picking up cigarette butts and <laughs> things like that. Yeah. The stuff that you see in the movies. It's, yeah. That's sort of it, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember, I had a I had a friend who joined the Coast Guard, and they put him through some basic training stuff. And he said it was, um, he's a pretty tough guy, but it was it was really hard for him. It was, he felt isolated, and he felt like they were beating up on him a good bit. And he said it was one of the more challenging times of his life emotionally. Do you remember basic training being a really difficult time for you or just sort of something that you had to put your head down and get through? I think so. It, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I was expecting it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we had gas masks. We had to go through the, a gas thing, you know. They they put you in a chamber with your gas mask on mm-hmm. and you had to take them off. And uh, try to hold your breath till you all filed out and marched out and things like that. And I remember running down one of the gullies around there, and uh, you had your gas mask with you, but uh, they had released some tear gas down there or something, and and you had to put your mask on while you were running and stuff and things wow. like that, you know. And yeah. For everywhere you marched, you get up in the morning and. Uh, made your bunk and then you had a fall out in front of the barracks and they marched you up to the dining hall you ate there and you marched you back and, and uh, whatever you were going to do that day and yeah sometimes we got guard duty at night and stuff and i remember standing guard duty in the rain one night and, <laughs> <laughs> and had your general they had somebody come around then and ask you some of your general orders and stuff, which you had to memorize and all mm. this and that. And, yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, sort of silly. But I mean, the main thing was that you learned to be submissive to yeah. your superiors and, and do what they said. Yeah. Or else, yeah. Did you feel like you learned a lot of discipline during that time? Yeah. 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 I know that that's something a lot of people in the military um, or different branches of it tend to take away as a highlight is the sort of the discipline you learn from being in the institution. 
did you feel like you were already pretty a pretty disciplined person going in or was it a tough transition to move into that rigid environment no i don't think so i was expecting it and, uh, hmm. and of course it wasn't as rigid as the, the marines go through yeah things like that yeah um, but, but uh, it was sort of the same thing. Yeah. But they went through harder stuff. If you join the Marines, your basic training is a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the Army's somewhat harder, I think. Yeah. yeah. Did you move through training with a unit of people you stayed connected to, or did you all spread out after basic training? Oh, after basic training, you spread out all over the place, yeah. Uh, but through basic training, you were one unit, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Do you remember those uh, guys? I'm assuming it was all guys in the unit with you. Yeah, oh, yeah. There were guys. A lot of guys were from uh, New England states and New York. Oh, really? Yeah, there weren't. I don't think there were many people from down south. I think it was mainly uh, units from here, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts, yeah, as I remember, yeah. And there were only, I think, I only remember one black guy in, in the unit. One black guy. There was a black guy in oh, the yeah. unit, though. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely one, yeah. Um, what was what was it like with these guys from New England? Did you feel like you were all on the same page and had similar backgrounds and stuff? Um, yeah. Or yeah, was I, it sort yeah. of a culture shock there, too? No, huh? No, I think... It was the same. Yeah. Yeah. We were about the same. Yeah. You know, every everybody I think had graduated from high school. Yeah. Mm. And and they gave you tests then during basic too. Yeah. A series of tests and uh, yeah. Did that it, test determine your aptitude for certain jobs? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. was that something you could study for? Or would they prepare you for that test? No, I don't think. No. Huh. It's just where you were at that time and what you had learned in high school. Yeah. And so that's what you depended on that. No, you didn't study beforehand for that, no. That test, was that taken after basic training or was that taken during the process? I think it was during the process, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was part of the the stuff. One day they said, you're going to get your aptitude test today. Mm. Yeah. 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 All right, so you took that, um, you had, how many days did you say basic training was? It was eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah, about two months, yeah. And in the middle of that, you were allowed, your your parents or somebody could come and see you then, and you were allowed off base during, I think, one weekend then. Mm. Yeah. How did you spend that weekend? Well, Mom and Dad came up, and Paul, and uh, Ivan Sowers, my cousin Ivan Sowers. Ivan Sowers, yeah. oh yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, were you allowed to write letters during the eight weeks of basic yes. training? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Anybody you were writing or were you, didn't really have anyone besides mom and dad? And just the family mainly. Just the family. And some of my aunts would write to me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They wrote a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. No Nan yet. Nan came no, a little later. Didn't have any girlfriends then. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Nan likes to hear. <laughs> um, I had a boyfriend, Bill Bear. <laughs> um, yeah, he so, was in high school. Yeah. 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 So you had you had your eight weeks, and then coming to the end of the eight weeks, 
Um, did you have a sort of a ceremony to send you off to your next or your first assignment, rather? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, they had a, a huge parade grounds up there. The Navy used to really process a lot of people up there, and they had great big halls with, with uh, swimming pools in them and stuff, and like gymnasiums. But we mainly just used the parade grounds, and mm -hmm. the buildings were getting sort of old and stuff. And uh, so we had a parade we had to go through. You know, they marched us past this reviewing stand and all that. Yeah. By then, we were getting pretty sharp at marching. <laughs> pretty decent. Were your parents bought into the idea by then? I'm assuming they might have attended the, the parade and the graduation ceremony of no, sorts. No, they, they weren't allowed then. No, oh, they weren't? No, no we were up in... The, and uh, I think it was four weeks or something they came up, but they weren't there for their graduation, no. Oh. But we got, I don't know how many days home then, maybe a week home or something before we went to wherever we were going for mm. training. So immediately after graduation, we went home. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you had to see them for a week. Yeah, I think that's how long it was, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. and then where, where did they ship you off to? Where was the first assignment? My first assignment was the school I went to, and that was out in, right, it was right on the Mississippi River. It was, uh, hmm, can't think of the name of it now, but uh, it was the radio school. Oh, Scottfield. Scottfield, Illinois. Scottfield, on, Illinois. Yeah, uh -huh. it was right... Uh, St. Louis was right across the river. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I went to Scottfield, Illinois, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember being excited when you got there? Because you were, it's a, you said it's a radio school. Yeah, yeah, I was really, I was pleased with that. Yeah, yeah that sounds that, like exactly the sorts of things you'd be good at. That was better than being a lineman or something. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> thought maybe I could be, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Jumped into that. Mm -hmm. How long was that training program? That lasted nine months, I think. That's a pretty substantial period of time. Eleven, yeah. Uh huh. That's not where you were when I came out to see you. No. No, no, no. no. This that is a was different later. time. Yeah, I wasn't even talking to you then. <laughs> <laughs> so you had you had nine months by the yeah, um, yeah Scottsdale, so. right? Yeah, Scott Field. Scott yeah. Field, Scott sorry, Field, Scott Field, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, nine months there, yeah, training so, in this course. What were What were you sort of doing that time? Were you constantly on the base training, or did they yeah. let you go out and well, you know hang out in the local area? Well, we could go. We could get off base, but you couldn't, you know, just for the day. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Well, I was so far from home, I I couldn't use a three day pass or anything. Right. It was. Like, it was pretty much an extension of basic. You know, they, they marched us to class and back and, and stuff. We were still doing yeah. that, you know. And it was strictly going to school. But you did have, usually had weekends off. Maybe you would have a, a barracks inspection you'd have to stand. But then you would have off Saturday or and Sunday, I think, yeah. It was five days a week. Yeah. yeah, but rest of the time you went to class. Did you make? Well, were you hanging out with other guys there? Were you making some friends on the base while you were doing the oh, program? Oh yeah, yeah. Our classes weren't that big. They were probably, I think, a, a dozen, between a dozen and fifteen guys. Yeah, there was a class. I have a picture of it upstairs somewhere. I think 
seven, eight, probably about 15 guys in the class, and you became friendly with most all of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What sorts of things did you all do to unwind? You would maybe go off the base for the weekend. Would you go over to St. Louis? Yeah, we we did that a few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the only thing really to do was you could get a, a military bus into town and what they called East St. Louis, which was over in Illinois, side of the Mississippi, and uh, we'd go into a movie or something. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And the guys that were drinking, they would go to a booze joint. Did you have friends who didn't drink, too? Because I know that you oh, oh, yeah, preferred to not yeah. drink. Yeah. I had some that did, too. So. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> did they keep you on your toes? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. They... They used to tell dumb stories and stuff about what happened in the booze joint they were in and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hanging out with these those guys. Um, yeah. Was that? Would you say that that was like a was that a good experience overall? Did you enjoy being there? I really did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me. It sounds sort of like a sort of the same thing as like a college experience. You get, you know, you're in a new place, learning all these new things with yeah, a bunch of new yeah, people. Yeah. And it sounds like it was a cool area too. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any complaints about that, yeah. I was never marched to class though. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you got used to that after a while. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, what sorts of things were you learning about in class? Can you kind of describe, I'm in, in technical but not too technical detail for your listeners here, what sorts of radio projects and technical skills were you gaining to make you useful for the Air Force? Okay, well, <clears throat> right away they just taught you general electronics and what goes on. And back in those days, they were all, there weren't any transistors. They were all electron tubes, which is small vacuum tubes where you could regulate the current going through a vacuum tube with a, a charge on a grid mm. in an electron stream going from cathode to plate. And so they taught you the basics, which I didn't know anything about then. And that was interesting. And uh, and after I was in there a few months, well, I bought a little radio kit to build myself, you know, just the transistors and, and resistors and stuff like that. I didn't have transistors, uh, tubes and resistors and capacitors and stuff. and you knew what was going on in them, really. And the math was not real heavy. In other words, I had never had calculus in high school, mm-hmm. but but I had enough of math that that was good. It was easy to learn, and uh, and I, I was interesting. I was, you know, interested in studying about it. You got to a place where you could build a radio. Yeah, uh-huh. I built it out of pieces. Wow. Got a little kit. Not, not from the base, but I bought it from a, a radio store. I can't remember the name of the stores anymore. It was something like Radio Shack, but that wasn't the name. Of <laughs> yeah, it. I was gonna say Radio Shack. Well, I thought that's it was, what that it's was. came and gone since yeah. then. I can't remember the name. A- Allied Catalog or something like that. I bought mm. it from a catalog. Yeah, and so those were interesting times. Yeah, and, and I I enjoyed learning about radio. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like that. Was it a lecture format, like you and your, and I think you might have said a group of 12 guys, would you be in a classroom and a teacher would be at the front showing you how to do things and teaching you about, you know, the technology, yep. the radios? Yep, yep, that was exactly what it was. And after you got so many weeks of, of basic, well, then they started teaching the equipment, and then I was assigned to a radio school 
for ground equipment. It wasn't airborne equipment. Mm. So I didn't get to work on airplanes, but I worked, got to work on radio equipment that they used on ground stuff. Okay. Yeah. Was that, uh, was that where you wanted to be, or would you rather have been working on the airplanes? Well, I was sort of hoping the airplanes, but you didn't have any choice, really. They said, they need you here, and that's where you're going. That's where you went. Yeah. 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 What sorts of exams and stuff would the training course put you through? Like, at the end, did they expect you to know how to build a radio, or was that something that you just did on your own time? No, you had to. They, they gave you a test, and they would put equipment in front of you, and they'd put a trouble in it, and then you had to try to figure out what the trouble was. Wow. That's how they... And they gave you written tests, too, all the time, yeah. You had to fix it on the spot. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there were plenty of tests and things, yeah. There there wasn't any fooling around. Yeah, you You were ready to go by the time they were done with you. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, nine months, you finish the program. Do you have a graduation ceremony from that uh, program, or do they just sort of ship you off to your next assignment? Well, they gave you a, a little sort of like a diploma, and uh, and they, they did. They took a picture of her class and the guys mm-hmm. that were in it. Yeah, and 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 I made. Uh, see, well, I was a PSC when I when you got out of. Uh, Basic, you you were a private. Well, if you didn't goof up and stuff, you became a PFC then. So I got a PFC out of basic. What is what does the PFC stand first, for? First stripe. Okay. And, and then when I got out of radio school, then I I got a second stripe, a corporal stripe. Okay. Yeah. So I got that when I, when we graduated. That's neat. Yeah. Were you proud of that achievement there? Was it? Yeah, it yeah. probably feels, I would assume, feels pretty good to make sure you're hitting your marks and getting yeah. through and yeah. getting where yep. you need to go. Things were good, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where um, Where do they send you to after you were done there? Okay, I got done from there. That would have been what? Uh, let's see. May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. That was about April. April of uh, 52. Okay. They sent me to a, a new radar station that they were op- that they had just opened. It had new barracks and everything there. That had been open a year or so. And it was part of what they called the, the early warning radar sites. They had a group of them built across northern United States because this was in the days when they were expecting the, the Russians to come over the pole. Okay. You know, and so... Um, I didn't realize that was a fear that they had. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Where was this located? So this was right on the border of Pennsylvania and Ohio, up north of Pittsburgh. Oh, so they sent you as sort of closer to home. Yeah, yeah. I was happy about that. Yeah. Really happy. Yeah. Yep. I was really happy. And that would have been the spring of '52. Mm. So I thought, hey, this is great. So. I came home and I thought, well, I'm, I think I'm going to get a car, a new car. So I bought a new car. Were they giving you money during the basic training time? Well, you, you got paid all the time, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you had enough for a car. Yeah, well, I had saved other money and Dad helped me some too. Oh, nice. And I had a had an old 46 Ford that they traded in on that one. To got, got the 52 Ford sitting out back here rusting up. Oh, that's, <laughs> that was your car? Yeah. Wow. That was, yeah, that was my... First new car. 
first new car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and then from that point on, you weren't taking the train to your next assignment up. Um, you said it was the border between uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio, yeah, right? Like about 300 miles from here. Yeah. So from then on out, you were driving. Yeah, drive back if and forth. If you would go back there. and forth, yeah. Yeah, that, but unfortunately, it was further than uh, you could go on a three-day pass. But I used to sneak home sometimes on a three-day pass. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't have any accidents or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they would catch you, yeah. yeah. Did so. you, um, you said you enjoyed traveling and stuff. Was it, uh, I bet it was pretty exciting to get your own car for the first time and to get out on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was pretty limited. But in the, in the base, you know, it was just a small base. I don't know how many people was on it. A couple hundred, maybe, yeah. What did you um, What did you do when you had free time around the base? Would you take your car and go to a low? You said it was kind of yeah. close to Pittsburgh. Would you go yeah. into Pittsburgh or what sorts no, of things? No, no, we just do? go to the local towns up there. Just go like to a movie or go out. And I, I looked at some. There were some of the parks up there, up up toward Lake Erie and stuff. Used to go to them, and I had my camera then, so I was taking some pictures. Mm. And then uh, I got to dating a couple girls there then. Yeah. yeah, you had your car, so you had could. Had car, yep. Finally, yep. finally arrived. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, what were you doing at the base up there? What What was your assignment like when you arrived? Well, you actually worked on the, the radio equipment. Yeah, yeah. That you had been trained on, which was sort of nice. Yeah, yeah. I bet <laughs> you knew what you were doing. Most of it was just maintenance, though. You know. Yeah. There wasn't stuff breaking down that you had to fix. Although if it did, you were expected to, and of course you had superiors that were supposedly knew more about that stuff than you did and so yeah could fix things yeah did you learn a lot on the job or did you feel like you were ready to do the job when you got there oh i think so yeah yeah i think i knew the equipment we were working on we had actually studied in in class a lot of it yeah okay. and i probably knew as much about it as some of the old World War Two sergeants that were there, were yeah, our superiors. You know? <laughs> yeah, you were you were you were where they were at in terms of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. That means training worked. Yep, mm -hmm. that was good. I was happy. Yeah. How long were you at that base? Uh, I was there from. I guess it was April, April. Probably April. Till the next fall, along about October, big surprise, I got orders, I'm shipping overseas. October, is yeah. that October of 52? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right away. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah. What was that like, and how did those orders come in? Was it a letter you got, or did someone just come break the news to you at the base? Oh, well, you got official orders at the base from, from the people there, you know. Probably your the, your boss there, and so on. They de they they sent they needed people in Korea, so they got an order that went to that base, and then that base decided who was going, who wasn't. Yeah. 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 How surprised were you? Was this something you had mentally expected or prepared for, or at this point were you on? You were pretty certain you weren't going over. I didn't think at that time I was going over. I thought I'd be there a year, mm. but it wasn't. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a surprise that, that coming fall. Yeah. 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 What did you do when you found out? Did you call home or? Oh, yeah. Well, I left no at home. Yeah. And, and then I got a 30, you got a 30 day leave before you, you uh, went over. Yeah, yeah. What was that like to come home and tell your parents that? Were they worried about you going over there? I think so. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What was the threat level like in your mind from the news you were hearing from Korea and the war? Well, it wasn't good. I started paying more attention to that. Than I, had <laughs> yeah, been. I would too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're starting to listen to the radio more, read the news a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you remember what that month home was like? Was it sort of just killing some time before you went? Or yeah. what happened in that yeah, period? Well, the, the girls I had been dating out there wasn't that serious, so I didn't. I uh, shut that off when I left out there, and I came home for a month, and uh, just just doing a few things. I went hunting, did a lot of thinking about things and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What well, sorts of things were you thinking about? Were you thinking about faith and life and things like that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Would you say that month was a particularly fearful time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going overseas. They, they, uh, they had some code word for Korea, but we knew what it was, and so we knew we were going to Korea. Right. But then you didn't know where in Korea. You, you know? didn't have that, any idea. No, no. That kind of leaves a lot of room for you to make up worst case scenarios in your brain, <laughs> yeah, doesn't right, it? Right. Yeah. 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 Did a lot of thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so you would hunt during that time to sort of yeah, clear I your went head. Hunting. Yeah, I went hunting. I remember going back over the hill with one squirrel hunting one night, and. and uh, one evening, I mean, not night, and uh, little squirrels were hopping around. I didn't even shoot them. I just went out and did a little thinking out in the woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you talking to, um, you would mention oh, your mentor at the when you were younger, uh, Bart Huber's oh, grandfather. Oh, oh, yeah, Jerry Reinier. Jerry Reinier, that's yeah, right. I don't, on his name. But I were think, you talking to him at all during that time I period? I think at that time, I think he was going to college down Philly. So he wasn't, he wasn't around during that month? No, I don't remember talking to him. Hmm. No. The, the people at the church, they, you talk to them and stuff. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. So you had some older voices at yeah. the church to talk to about yeah. mm-hmm. that transition. Yeah. Um, it wasn't during that time that you met Nan again after high school, yeah, was it? At the end of it, yeah. At the end yeah. of it, mm-hmm. that was when you met Nan with, uh, your friend took you on a double date, right? Yep, yep. So you're, you're at home for a month. Yeah, this is the fall, in, fall of 1953. 1953, it's fall, and no, then... No, I'm wrong. 52, 52, yeah. Okay. I bought a new car in the spring, thinking I was going to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then you get you the get fall, enlisted. I find out, when I enlisted, found out. you're gonna get deployed. I, I found out I'm I'm going to Korea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you spend a month at home. You're doing a little time hunting and thinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, how do you get drug into a double date where you <laughs> yeah. end up meeting um, Jane Collar? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it was really the the day before I left for California. Well, I flew out had. Orders and I had to fly out to California. Okay. And uh, so uh, Ivan says, how'd you like to go out on a date tonight? This is your cousin, Ivan Sellers. Yeah, my cousin, Ivan Sellers. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And so I said, yeah, why not? So, and here it was Jane and Jane and, and Ivan were both working at Armstrong then. Yeah. Armstrong. We saw each other often. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I said, yeah. Was, we'll I, was Ivan's girlfriend working at Armstrong too? I think Shirley was. Wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, so we went out and we went to a movie. Do you remember what movie you saw? Yeah, it was. I have it up here. Uh, <laughs> was it Singing in the Rain or something? It was one of the old. I think that's. Sort of a classic. I have it in a diary up there. You have it in a diary? Yeah, do you want me to get it? <laughs> yeah, no. let's go get it. I'll okay. pause here. Let's okay, go grab it. it. I'm curious. Then, then we'll have the facts. <laughs> let's fact check him. Got right. the facts here. So Pop-Up has his facts. He's yes. got his diary here. Yeah, this is January 1953. Tried to sell the car. Highest offer was 2000 so I kept it. <laughs> it only has 15,000 miles on it. Hmm. Uh, Friday, January the 2nd, went to the show April in Paris with Jane, Ivan, and Shirley, our first date. April in Paris. Yeah, April in Paris. I've never seen that. You said you says show. Does that mean a movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You. I didn't yeah. realize you called movies shows. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'll have to look that up later. I have to wonder yeah. what that movie is. Yeah, April in Paris. I even Char- forget who Charlie was in it. Charlie and Ivan. Yeah, I have. Ivan was his cousin, and they aren't even alive anymore. No. Yeah, it was. They, they were a little younger than us. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. He 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 went in the army then, and but he ended up going to Germany. Oh wow! <laughs> See who Which that was is. good then because yeah, yeah. calm down. Okay, so that was Friday night. Went on here. I'll pause here so now I can answer the phone. All right. So you have your your journal here. What what comes next? Okay, Friday. January the 2nd, 1953, we went to see the movie, and on Saturday I left Lancaster by TWA at 4 p.m. Wow, so it really was the next day you left. Yep, it is, yeah. I thought it was a day or two later. How did you, was, did you have enough conversation with Nan during that date to know that you wanted to keep talking? Not really. I know you're going to Korea and the war's going on, and it's sort of a blur. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. An assumption that we would keep writing. Yeah. Did you do you remember the do you remember the movie and the date or not as much because it was such a and probably a blur right before you were leaving. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't have it written down here, I think I I was. Remembering within the last couple days before I, I left, but it really was the, the day before I flew out of Harrisburg. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. All right, what, so where, to, where did you fly to? You flew okay, out of Harrisburg? Okay, we went to uh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Kansas City, and then San Francisco. Mm. And upon arriving in San Francisco... Is that where you met up with your troop and then deployed to Korea, or did you sit station out there for a while? No, no, this was a this was a whole new outfit. We went to what they call Camp Stoneman out there, 
And, and so that was the beginning of being processed to go overseas. It was a place called Camp Stoneman mm-hmm. in uh, Frisco, and, and we had some free time there. And, and we went, I went up and saw the the redwoods there north of Frisco in that grove and stuff. Mm. We, we a uh, couple of us guys got together and went went to places like that. But uh, how much time did you have out there before okay, you I went can over see to one Korea? Left now, we went to Muir Woods, crossed the Golden Gate Bridge for the first time. Mm. Uh, turned to the base tonight. That was uh, the 11th of January. Then uh, Tuesday the 13th, left today. Took a bus to the ferry to to the. Uh, Frisco Waterfront marched, boarded the U General Brewster. That's the ship I went on mm. about 1300, one o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, pulled out about uh, 1,000 hours, I guess, 10, past the, the gold under the Golden Gate Bridge around 1700. Boy, this is some tub. So it was an old troop ship from World War II. Is that what the journal said? This is some yeah, tub? Yeah, 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 yeah. This was Tuesday the 12th of January. Yeah. So we're going under the Golden Gate Bridge. You had never been on a boat like that before, had you? No, no, yeah. uh-uh. What was that like? How, how long did it take you to get over to Korea? Oh, well, let's see. I can tell you when we got there. Had KP, weather was sort of calm today. She was rough on the 14th. Almost all the troops were sick. <laughs> Do you remember eating? Did you get seasick? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have first day, but the second day, uh, sick half the day. We had KP. What is what is KP? That's that's you had to get go in the chow hall and serve. Oh yeah. Oh, it's kitchen kitchen. Yeah. What, what does yeah. the P stand for? Kitchen police. Oh, kitchen police. Yeah. Okay. Well, then it was okay. So then it was okay. That was, uh, I left on the 13th. It was clear and smooth some days. Uh, I had KP in the 19th. Monday, oh, Sunday the 18th, went to church, the church service there. 20th, it rained in the morning, cleared up. Uh, calm and clear. Skip today, Thursday the twenty second. We crossed the international date line. You know, you you lose a day going over, and you gain a day coming back. Oh wow! Uh, had KP. Uh, rained a little rough. Saw the land on Wednesday the twenty eighth. So we left on. Uh, The thir- 13th, 13th, it went under the Golden Gate Bridge, the 13th, and uh, the 28th, the 28th, I uh, saw land, and we pulled into Yokohama, 13th, what's that, two weeks, 
Yeah, it's about 15 days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 15, three from eight. Yeah, five. It's 15 yep. days on the boat. Yep. Were you sick and tired of being on the boat oh, by the end yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, really. I was really upset about it. I thought maybe I'd fly over, but then as I got to thinking, well, this, this is a, another week or two I won't be in Korea anyway, so I guess it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, Did you, so you had a fair amount of dread for being in Korea even before you got there. Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to that. Mm. Yep, we pulled into Yokohama on the 28th, got on a train, rode for four hours, 27 miles north of Yokohama, processing and sleeping in a tent. Friday, saw John Sherrick and Carl Scarborough. They're, they're guys that I knew out in uh, going to school. Out near St. Louis. Yeah. So yeah. you saw you reconnected with two of your buddies yeah, from training. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But they were they weren't going to Korea, I don't think. Uh what did I say about them? So John Sherry and Carl Scarborough. He was being huh. Carl is at Tachikawa and John is going to the fifth Air Force fighter bomber wing. Hmm. Yeah. So I didn't see it, just saw him passing, yep. Mm -hmm. So when you you didn't land in Korea, you landed somewhere else? Oh yeah, they landed us in Japan first. Oh, you were in they Japan, Japan okay. by boat. And, and then we flew out of J Japan uh, from Tachikawa on Tuesday, February the 3rd. And that's when I got my assignment in Korea. This is February the 3rd of 53, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep, February 3rd, 1953. Yep. Okay, and you left Japan that day, and then where did you, yeah, when was, did you land in Korea? So I was assigned to the 608 AC and W squadron on the Han River, which was right around Seoul. And, and on the 5th, I found out I was assigned to Detachment 2, but it was frozen in and couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. So that was... February the 5th, and so, cool detail, dug some trenches, were loading planes, cool detail, it was frozen in on this island I was supposed to go up to. Mm -hmm. we, we went over, we flew from Japan to Korea in a C-124, it's a big double-decker plane, Okay. C-124, and I remember we got there in, in the evening, and, and it was dark, and the duffel bags were all in a pile on the plane, we didn't keep them with us. Yeah. So they were loaded in the front of the plane, they opened it up and they threw a big pile of them there on the ground in the night. Mm -hmm. and, and we had to try to find our dig through duffel you bag. Yours. Yeah. 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 And after that I painted a white stripe around the middle of it. So <laughs> I could smart. find it easier. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I got pretty well down through the pile and I found mine and I remember we were riding on a bus to our assignments in Seoul and I looked over to another guy there with his duffel bag. I said, that's not your name, or He says, I know. He said, I, I'm going to come away from there with a duffel bag anyway with some clothes and stuff. So, <laughs> so, so, so some of them didn't get their own duffel bag. They just grabbed somebody yeah, else's. Yeah. That would have been tough. <laughs> yeah, so that was dumb. Yeah, and so Seoul then was about 30 or 40 miles south of the battle line. At oh, that time, wow. the battle had settled down across the, the battle line, really, there. Mm -hmm. 
by 53. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't a a moving front no, back no, and forth. No, it wasn't. The, the front was frozen there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, all the the prior part of the war was the Koreans came all the way down. They nearly pushed what Americans and people were there off the south, mm-hmm. and and then. Uh, they they came in in Incheon, which is right next to Seoul. Mm. They 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 went up to Incheon and landed, and uh, and then they they cut them off down there, and then that's when they uh, started uh, gaining ground again, and they pushed them back up north. Yeah, and so a lot of bad fighting had gone on then, mm. and uh, and and then they had gone up north. And then the Chinese started coming in, and so then they pushed them back down to the battle line again, which is where they finally ended up the war. Where it, so, by the time you got there, the battle lines had already been settled the yep, way they would end. It was back, yeah, uh-huh. And it was back to where the original border had been. Okay. Yeah. Were you When you landed and you were sort of bussing to your location, was was it tense? Did they feel like there were, could be fighting at any moment, or was everyone pretty sure that it was calmed down for now? No, it wasn't calmed down. It was really hard. The, the guys on the line, they, they were taking a lot of casualties and stuff. And so they they're, even though the line hard. wasn't moving, people were dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were face-to-face across there. Wow. And this island they put me on was really off the, the west coast of Korea, mm-hmm. and it was about... I think it was around 50 miles north of the battle line. It was up on the North Korean side, a couple miles offshore. But the radar we had, they used to call it the eyes and ears of MIG Alley. And, and, and it, it controlled the airspace. The radar had mm-hmm. controlled the airspace up to MIG Alley. And so all the missions going up there uh, went through uh, the radar there. And especially the fighter planes. Yeah. So these were the days that the F-86s were going up there and dogfighting and stuff. And uh, and we were a couple miles offshore, yeah, on this island. So I finally got up there then. I, don't, I was pulling detail. I was frozen in. And I went up there on a boat. When did I... Left headquarters, went to a truck... Took a truck to Incheon, boarded an LST after usual delay, got underway this evening. I hated that thing, an LST. Is that a sort of a boat? Yeah, it's a it's a landing ship oh, tank. Yeah. It's it's a big big tank they use uh, ship they used in World War Two. So what they used to invade tanks. the beaches? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They they'd run it up on the beach and drop the front of it and, and it was big enough at that trucks and, and tanks could yeah. come out the front of it. So What was the date you boarded that? I, I got on that on Wednesday the 25th of February. Okay, did you land the same day? Yeah, we landed on another island that was right on the 38th okay. parallel on Thursday the 20th, the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and we just landed there and unloaded something or some people or something. And then two days later, arrived at Chodo around dinner. Guess this is going to be my home for the next ten months. Saw Chet Mutters here. Hmm. Unloaded. Oh man, we had to unload the LST. 
So when you arrived, did you immediately um, get assigned to your tasks? Yeah, yeah. well, I was assigned before I went there, yeah. So you knew what you were doing? Yeah, I was working with the radio, and yeah. mm -hmm. What sort of shifts were you working? Oh, man, I don't know, but that's all we did was maintenance, so we probably worked seven days a week, uh, certain hours, yeah. Mm -hmm. We lived in a tent. The, uh, the the radio equipment and the radar equipment were up on a little ridge, and this island was just strictly hills up and down. Yeah, and and we lived on on the, the side of the hill away from the mainland, so we really couldn't be hit by a shell from the mainland because they couldn't they wouldn't shoot them that high. Okay, that they would drop straight down there. So we, that provided some security then. Yeah, I hope. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So you're so, living in a tent, wasn't it? Was it was winter then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Winter, huh? How cold is the winter over there? Pretty cold. I know the toothpaste used to freeze, and water would freeze if the stove went out at night in a tent. You know, it was cold. And but they gave us sleeping. We had pretty good sleeping bags. And, yeah. And used to sleep in. Sometimes I slept in my with my overcoat and stuff that we had. Wow. Especially <laughs> when I first got over there, and we were down in. Uh, in, in Seoul at the squadron headquarters, why it was cold there. The, we're sort of in a temporary tent there in our headquarters, you know, waiting to go up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was miserable. So that's where you slept for months on end? Yeah, we were in a tent all the time when I first got over there. Yeah. Yeah. You lasted out the that portion of the winter from mid-February to the end of winter in those tents. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it was. Then a couple of days after we got there, I think there was an air raid or something. May Day. Oh, no, a May Day landed on the airstrip. They had a little airstrip out back there. Yeah. A May Day? Does that, what does that mean? They were, it was a plane in, it was having trouble. Okay. And, and it landed on a little strip out there but there were sort of ice blocks would uh, wash up on the shore there. And uh, and so it wasn't a good place. That, like they couldn't land an F-86 on there. Okay. They, they were too hot. They would, the, the strip wasn't long enough. Yeah. Yeah. What landed there? I don't know what kind it was. I just had, there was a May Day landed out there then. Wednesday, March the 11th had seven or eight inch snowfall last night. Hmm. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, and then we had, they had a lot of air raids at night and stuff. Yeah. But, but they were by like a little, like Piper Cub size plane. They would fly in and the radar couldn't really see them. You said, say that, what, what size plane again? It's like a, a Piper Cub. I don't, what does that mean? Well, it's one of these little, well, you don't know what a Piper Cub is. No, I've never heard that. It's little personal single-engine planes that people fly around here. Oh, like, like beach, beach crash or something? Almost like yeah. a private luxury, like just like yeah, a yeah. recreational yeah. plane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. they weren't a military plane trying to come in. They, they flew some little planes like that, and they had explosives on them. Mm-hmm. And they would try to sneak in. When you have radar on the ground, you get a lot of ground clutter. Looking, if you look... They were all the time looking north with the radar, yeah. And, and there was a lot of ground clutter, 
and these planes would try to sneak in this ground clutter. They'd fly low, yeah. like, practically down on the water instead of up in the air where you could really get them. And they were constantly sending those things in. What, but, what was the defense against them when you detected okay, them? There was an Army outfit on the island, an ACAC Army outfit, and, and they had twin 40s. They were like guns that had been on ships, and there was... It was two forty millimeters side by side, and then they also had what they called quad fifties, which was four machine guns, fifty caliber machine guns, and they were all all around the place. There was one up above our tent, and there was one up on the hill where we had some of our our radio, which was our only contact to our down to soul and stuff. Yeah, and uh, so they uh, they were all around us there, and they would shoot them at night, you know. When mm-hmm. when you weren't expecting it, yeah. Oh uh-huh. man, yeah. that would probably be a nice little startle. Yeah, for yeah. We you. used to get a. They used to. Well, first they would shoot off two of the forty millimeters, and that was a yellow alert. Hmm. And, and then if they they still thought he was coming in, then they would start firing, and they would just fire in sectors. You know, they couldn't fire it. They didn't know exactly where he was, but they knew he was out there coming in. They were just so shooting just blind. Shoot, yeah. yeah. They would really light up the sky with tracers and stuff at night. Yeah. Did you ever, um, during one of those episodes of shooting into these sectors, did they ever shoot anything down? Yeah, they did. One one time they claimed they got them. They sent out a chopper or something and got some wreckage, so they claimed they claimed one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you you were never responsible for operating the the weapons. No, 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 no. no. I, I just strictly. Up there, radio maintenance, make sure the radios work that talk from land to land and from land to uh, aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, we were responsible. I was in the radio maintenance outfit, yeah. Was it, I would imagine it's pretty intense to be on this island and start hearing the, the guns lighting up the night sky. Was that, do you yeah. remember that being uh, frightening when it first happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, our tent. I mean, we weren't the first guys there, so they had built a hole back in the hill. These tents were on a pretty steep hill. Yeah. And had a little flat place. And so we used to take our helmet and go out and get in in those. But then after a while, most of the guys were getting used to it. So we didn't we didn't go out in because it seemed like they never got through to us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you so at first you were afraid but yeah. then by the end you're hearing yeah, gunshots yeah, you're not even yeah. worried anymore. No. <laughs> was it really was the gunfire super loud like would it would it like hurt your ears or was it just enough to wake you up? Oh, it would wake you up. I I had one episode that really bothered me. We were up up on a hilltop there south sort of south of the radar on a just a little hill i don't know how many i used to know how many steps it was up there we had to climb up there and there were there would be two of us on duty and you'd stay up there all night to make sure that that radio equipment up there was working mm-hmm. so they could call down to the mainland which was 30 miles away or something like that and so we were up there and i was sleeping and I didn't hear them when they went yellow. I, I guess must have been tired. Yeah. And uh, these, these 40 millimeters were down down the valley there, and they shot them off. And I didn't hear it. But there was outside of this little Quonset up there where we had the radio equipment, there was one of these quad 50s. Mm-hmm. And they made one heck of a racket. And they started firing one of those while I was sleeping. 
And the yeah. other guy didn't wake me and tell me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you woke up and I, I got awake abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Startled away. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's um it's interesting how quickly you were able to get used to the gunshots too and how you yeah. know if nothing happens, why yeah. would you just stay in bed and wait it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you used to reach under the bunking, put her helmet on or something. Yeah. <laughs> a half hearted attempt yeah. to protect yourself. <laughs> was yeah. it was it really um I feel like it's some with really intense things it's stressful up front but then eventually you get used to it do you remember that time on that island being very stressful and intense the whole way through or was it something that you felt like you adapted to you and the other guys adapted to over the weeks that you were there oh yeah we adapted to it yeah 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 you had to or you'd go nuts yeah 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 did anybody have trouble adapting to or adjusting to it well, some people have bothered more than others, yeah. Uh, some guys got some little twitches, you know, they'd move their arm or their eyes or something, you know. I don't know if it was real or not, you know. Yeah, and, it was like, you know. <laughs> were they having an anxiety response yeah, to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel like you handled it? Was it, was it a difficult I, transition? I didn't have any of those things, yeah. I mean, I was sure scared sometimes, but, yeah. 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 What well, what sorts of things were you eating on the island? Anything <laughs> no. anything worth remembering or was it all pretty bland? <laughs> yeah, it was bland. It was it was uh they had a special rate. They weren't all C rations. They had I forget what they I think they were K rations. They were things that they would drop in and they would drop them by parachute because during the winter there then the island had pretty well frozen in, and there was ice all around it. So you couldn't get access with yeah, boat. Yeah, so, so we got our, our mail came in. They dropped that by parachute mm -hmm. and, and food. And uh, and I know there used to be a race out to see. There were some Koreans there in a fishing village, mm -hmm. and there would be a race between them and some of the GIs that were going after the parachute dropped, see who got it first. We used to laugh at some of the food they they didn't the Koreans didn't even like I don't think yeah <laughs> was that were was the village trying to steal the rations yeah yeah, yeah. they oh, would yeah. just would they just get away with it if they stole it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny I, and there was no retaliation against them for doing no, things like that they didn't know yeah yeah. so you were getting rations from parachutes and mail sometimes. How soon into you being on the island did you start writing to Nan, or how did you how did you even go about starting that whole thing? I don't know when it started, but it it started probably after. I think you started writing when I went to Korea. Then right after I got off the boat and was in Japan, I think soon after that she started writing, and then that's when we started having a closer friendship. Yeah. There. How do you how do you even find you in your base? Like, did would she address it to Chet Whistler and the unit? And did, like, what was the address information to find well, you? Well, I gave her my complete address from my mother and dad. I had given them that, and and I don't know if you got it from them or if I gave it to you. 
I don't, I don't do you remember? I don't so you you had an address of where you would be stationed, oh, yeah, an yeah. official address, and that's how Nan wrote to you. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. But I don't remember if I gave it to her, if, if Mom and Dad gave it to her. I don't either remember. So you don't, you don't remember consciously giving that to Nan? Did you just get a letter one day from Nan? Yeah, yeah. And what I, was that like? Do you remember getting the letter for the first yeah, time? Yeah, I, I did. I started thinking seriously about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Were yeah. you surprised when you got the letter? I don't know. I don't know. Don't really know. I guess a little. A little surprised? Yeah, because I don't know if you said you were going to write to me or not. I think maybe... That first date, maybe she said she would write, I guess. I mm -hmm. guess she did, yeah. And I was sort of surprised because she started writing a, a good bit then. Yeah. She'd probably, she'd probably write two or three letters till I wrote one, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you, uh, was it like a, was it a really pleasant thing to get letters from somebody? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you really look forward to that, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was probably a little piece of home. And yeah. And for you a little bit more than that because of Nan being <laughs> someone yeah. you're interested yeah, in. Yeah, that, so that, that's when we started getting interested in each other, yep. Yeah. Did you and other guys on the island have people you were writing to? And would you talk about the people you were writing to? Some, yeah, some. Some. Yeah. Did, you keep, were, did you keep to yourself about it? Probably pretty much, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Do you, I don't know if you still have the letters, but do you remember the sorts of things you and Nan would write back and forth about? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I still, we still have some letters, don't yeah. we, Nan? Yeah, they're I up. Have a up, bigger up. pack than you do. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were just what's going on back home, and yeah. I would write some of the stuff going on over there. Yeah. But uh, I never wanted my parents to know that we're up in that island. I just told them we were there around Seoul somewhere. I never oh. told them we were up on the island. You didn't tell them the full no. story? No. Did you not want them to worry? Yeah. Did you tell Nam where you were? Probably. I don't think so. No, no, I, don't know. I don't think she knew either. No. Hmm. What sorts of things were you thinking about when you were talking to Nan? Did you, you said you were gonna, you knew you were gonna be there for 10 months, right? Yeah, that's what I thought then, yeah. Okay. But see, the war ended then in in July, July 27th or something. So the war actually ended you weren't be, there before the full my en months. enlistment, you know, before my time overseas. Yeah. So when you're, you're communicating with Nan, you're not, you have this, you at least think you're going to be there for 10 months, then you're going to go home. So you're probably thinking, I just got to get through this and I get to go home and, you know, yeah. I have a girl I can date when I get yep, home right. we're, we're writing yep. now. So it yep. wasn't, that probably, I would think, helped keep you sane while you're on that island a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, that helped. Yeah, that was great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. what, were, what were things like moving up toward, I'm sure you started getting news of things winding down. Was that, did you start having the possibility of the war ending early at any point or did it, was it really abrupt? Oh no. We we knew it was going to happen, um, and another thing I didn't tell you about I they sent me which was a surprise they sent me over to an advanced school in Japan for another eight weeks during your yeah, deployment yeah oh wow up on the island so it was from Easter Easter time in fifty three I was over in Japan I saw the the uh, 
the, uh, the blossoms on the trees and stuff. Mm. The, the cherry blossoms, right? Cherry they blossoms. talk about the cherry blossoms in yeah. Japan. I was right down in Tokyo. Oh, wow. And, and uh, I, I was going to school over there, I think, I think it was eight weeks. It was an advanced school and some of the equipment that we had up there. Well, that was probably a really nice change of scenery yeah, from that I, island you were on. That was that was really abrupt that that happened, and I, I sure wasn't going to turn that down. So I bet I got off the island and over to there, and and so I had. I think it was eight weeks long, and that eight was weeks. a pretty intense thing too. Were you spending time in the surrounding country at all, interacting with uh, the citizens of Japan, or were you yeah, just yeah. in your base learning? No. No, we could go, we could go weekends down to Tokyo. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that like? Man, that was scary because we couldn't talk to anybody. I know uh, Joe Sandy was a good buddy over then. He's a guy I met in school, but he was uh, he wasn't stationed up in the island where I was, but I got to know him pretty well, and so. We we asked some of the guys there that are in different classes from us. You know, they knew what was going on. They said, "Well, you get down Tokyo and you get this train and that train, and you can stay on this street." And and we stayed in this hotel here. You ought to do that. So so we went down, and uh, you rode a train. You know, they had the fast trains there. Then you rode that from the base, which is I think it was about. 20 miles or so north of Tokyo, maybe not that far, maybe 10 miles. And we rode that down to Tokyo to a certain, got off at a certain station down there, and then we we went to some street there that, close to where the Ginza was. That was the main shopping area in Tokyo. Ginza. So we, we went down there, yep. Yeah. And spent a, I think we stayed overnight then, a Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, so you did some shopping, yeah, you did a little of, tourist activity there. A lot of shopping, yep. Were you in your uniform when you did that? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did wear it most of yeah. How did people treat you? Were they were they sort of in awe of you, or did they just kind of stare at you a little bit? Uh, they sort of ignored us. I mean, oh, really? You know, Japan was the enemy, and Japan was sort of like an occupied country then, At that right? point, yeah. yeah so there was a little bit of hostility there. But... They didn't show any t toward us, but they ignored us pretty much, I think. And mm -hmm. we always wore a uniform, yeah. 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 And you didn't have to be afraid to go anywhere, do anything. Huh. So you were just yeah. sort of, yeah. you know, a tourist in, in uniform at that point. Yeah. 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 But um, that uh, additional eight-week program, did you enjoy that as well, like your first round of training? Yeah. Yep, like that, mm-hmm. And then when that wrapped up, was the war closer to an end noticeably? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about, yeah, maybe there was going to be a truce in. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you get sent back to your island? Yep. Went, when that was over, got on a plane and went back over again and up to the island. Were you yeah. sad to be back on your <laughs> island after that? Yeah, I wasn't too happy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on, on Easter Sunday, they, they had really... Uh, some army guys in a tent up above us, the bed check Charlie got in through one night and killed two of them, I think, up there, just up on the hill above us. What's a, what's a bed check Charlie? Well, he's a plane that used to come in. He got in and killed and, uh, two. Yeah, he got in, dropped a, yeah. He dropped a bomb. Yeah. Did the bomb a, wake you up? No, I wasn't there then. See, I was over in You were Japan. still in yeah. Japan, yeah. 
Yeah. So well, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. Yeah. Did you know those two guys? No, I didn't. I really didn't know any army guys. Cause, okay. Uh, you know, we we ate in a different chow hall, and, and uh, yeah, we didn't have anything to do with the army guys. Is that so. what you always called the guy who flew in under the radar, Bed Check Charlie? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Bed Check Charlie. Did yeah. he ever get? Uh, that wasn't the one who got shot down, was it? Or did were they all just called Bed Check Charlie? Yeah, yeah. That was just a common name they gave him. Okay. Planes, <laughs> rastas. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sad that you lost two guys on the island. How close was? the spot they were sleeping to where you typically were stationed on the oh, island? It was probably, uh, oh, I would say it was probably from here down to John Hers or something. It was up It was up near the top of the hill. They were up close to where our radio shack was mm -hmm. because I think they had a gun placement up there. Okay. And, and so we were down over the hill a ways from them. The guy that had moved into the spot where I was sleeping in the tent, a little piece of shrapnel came through the roof of the tent, he really? said. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it didn't do anything. It went through the tent, landed on his bunk or something, he said. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. that's, a little, that's still a little close for comfort. Yeah. 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 So the, you get back to the island, and the war sort of winding down at this point. Yep. I'm sure everyone's getting pretty giddy to get home and yep. excited about that. Yep. Um, did you write? Do you remember writing to Nan about that ending and sort of the excitement, and the possibility of coming home early? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah did. Yep. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Did you have? Were you your, yourself really excited to get out of there? Oh yeah. 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 Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. We were looking forward to that, and, and uh, so it, it finally happened then in in July. And so, since we were up, up north of the, we had a, they, they blew up everything there in the island, and we moved down to another island that was right on the 38th parallel then. They in blew July. up everything, meaning they just shut it down? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. The bunkers and stuff, they'd throw hand grenades in them and stuff. And oh, you physically blew up what was left. Yeah, they didn't leave anything there. They, they took the equipment out, you yeah. know, the radar and the radio stuff. That's interesting. And, and took it down to the another island down on the parallel. Where Why would they blow it up just so that there wasn't stuff left behind? Yeah, they didn't want to leave anything that they could use. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then um, when they when you left that island, where did you go? Uh, a place called Pangyang Do, which is down. I'll, I'll show you a map then. Okay. Where that is, and that's right on the 38th, and then I was there for the the rest of the time I spent, and, and they sent us home, actually, a month early. In other words, I wouldn't have been home for Christmas, but they sent us home because the war had ended, the yeah. fighting. They sent us home a month early. That's nice. Yeah, so I was home for the next Christmas. You take the boat home again? Yeah. <laughs> One last ride in the tub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, different boat that time, yeah. Do you remember um, a particular moment where was there some announcement that the war had come to a close that came through the camp or came through the radio? Oh, yeah, everybody everybody knew what was going on, and yeah. then they set a time, yeah. Was there a celebration? Or well, were people just kind of, you know, oh, it's well, over, it, let's pack up? No, yeah, I think there was a lot of celebration. It depended on where you were and what you were doing, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guys on the line, um, I think North Korea really uh, gave the 
the guys on the land there on the line, they, they gave them a really hard time. They did a lot of firing and, and uh, they had a hard time, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of celebration killed, there, I'm sure. They, yeah, they killed a lot, of, a lot of guys in those last days, yeah. Did you lose um, people you had trained with in the war? No, I don't know of anybody. Okay. Nope. That's a, that's a fortunate thing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I feel like that's very lucky, too. Yeah, well, we weren't, you know, we weren't actual fighting men, you know, we were maintaining radios. Yeah, and, you had and, specific and, jobs. And, and the Army, as I said, they were there to protect the radar site mm -hmm. with anti-aircraft things. And actually, the Marines were in a, a little hill behind us, and they used to fire, I forget what they were, 90 millimeters, I think. they. They fired 90 millimeter cannon shells over us onto the mainland, you know, to keep the keep the people over there from fighting back at us. Yeah. I mean, shelling us back, and uh, so we were we got combat pay if if they thought we were under fire for any I forget how much time, a couple of days, a month or something. That's good. A little. What was combat pay like? Was it time and a half? Is it like an overtime no, gig? What is it? It's probably about. $30 or something. <laughs> oh my, yeah. <laughs> I have it in here. That's funny. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to look at that. Yeah. What were you, th what did you think about the war when you were there? Was it something you sat there and thought about what you were doing and why you were there? Or were you just trying to get through it? Well, I, I, yeah, I think that's a good word. I'm just trying to get through it. Yeah. But since then, I've done a lot of thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Have you read books about it? Yeah. 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 What do you think, looking back, do you think that what we did over there made sense? I think so. It, it stopped them. I didn't realize it at the time. I thought it was strange. You know, they never did declare war. They called it a, a conflict. Yeah. It really wasn't a Korean War. It's a proxy battle. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't want to declare war because they didn't want to start World War Three. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they were just... I mean, Korea didn't seem really that important whether we controlled South Korea or not, but uh, the people seemed to think it was, the president and the generals and stuff, so. How aware <laughs> of the players behind this proxy war were you at the time? Well, we, we heard what was going on, like, between Truman and... and uh, and uh, uh, who was the general? Truman and uh, Eisenhower. Who was the other one? Uh, gosh. Uh, having a senior moment. <laughs> gosh, I can't, can't think of it. Can't now. think of it. No, it was one of the big generals of World War II over, over in the Pacific. They, th they threw him out of the Philippines. He said, Philippines, he said he'd be back, and, and he got back. And he's the one that engineered the uh, Inchon landing. Uh, but he and Truman had a falling out, and they put Mark Clark in, was the, the general controlling Korea then. Oh, what was Eisenhower, and what the hang was the other general? Oh, boy. Can't think of it. Yeah, now. that's yeah. all right. <laughs> so that different, there was a 
Truman was at odds with these guys yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did he want? Did he want a more aggressive strategy? No, or? he was trying to slow them down. Slow them down want, a bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we were, were you conscious of sort of Russia's power at the time? Yeah, well, well China was, was the main thing. But, China but, was the but, main threat Yeah, there. but it seemed like they were actually, they were using Russian fighter planes up there. So it was, it was a nasty thing. China and Russia were really supporting North Korea. Yeah. And and so that was a, a political mess, really. And yeah. They, but they wanted to... Russia, as soon as the war was over, they wanted to expand things, right? Russia was trying to take over Europe. Yep. You know, they built the wall and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and so they were starting over there on the Pacific side, too. And... Uh, and they were pushing China to do things. China was communist. Yeah, how how much of the, the messaging behind the war was rooted on um, communism versus capitalism? Of the Korean War? Yeah. Well, I think all of it. All really. of it? Yeah. yeah. What did you think about communists at the time? Like, what, what images would that conjure in your mind of a communist victory? Well, that was bad news as far as I was concerned. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean the... the the United States and the Russians have been fighting on the same side, right? Really, against Japan and and against against uh, Germany, and so I felt that this was crazy that, uh, that already they were starting building up to another World War Three, mm-hmm. really, and so I thought, well, that's I guess that's worth it to go over in Korea. I mean, to us, Korea didn't mean that much. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of guys killed over there. I forget how many. 30-some thousand, I think. Yeah. And uh, and it was sort of a forgotten war because, as I said in the beginning, World War II had just been ended in '45, and there they were in 1950, guys fighting again. Right. Well, well the country wasn't really interested in that at all. I Just the guys some involved there. In, yeah. Yeah. And, and but still, the guys were killed. It yeah. Ha- yeah. It was a big. It happened. It was very real to them and yeah. their families. Yeah. Yeah. But but it was sort of a forgotten war, and you don't hear much about it. Sometimes they'll talk about uh, Vietnamese and that battle, which they lost. Right. Yeah. Vietnam. They kicked them out of there. Right. But in Korea, they they didn't kick them out. They went back to where they were initially. Yeah. But it was still forgotten. It doesn't matter to me if they forgot me, but the dead people, it's something. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't fair because most of the guys killed, you know, were people my age. Mm Mm-hmm. They never got to be married and fathers and grandfathers and none of my did that sort of scare you that you're so many people your age who were americans were so expendable and so easily forgotten yeah yeah i think it is as i think about it even it's more and more today than even back then till i started thinking about it yeah did those things you carried with you as we declared war in Afghanistan and Iraq, did you think about your experience yeah, in the Korean yeah, War? Did yeah. you think about those guys and what they're going through? Yeah. Well, yeah. now women now, too, more and more. Yeah, yeah. But once I got back here and and 
Jane and I got married and things were going on. I completely forgot about all that stuff. And, and I never joined any uh, Korean War veterans outfits or anything until about three years ago. Yeah, and then I, you went a long time without really yeah. well, getting guess, serious involvement yeah. in that. I, I really ignored that and got on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. That seems, that seems to be a pretty consistent theme. I feel like you're, you're somebody who moves forward through things. Like, it's a, like you said, even the guys on the island who are having their twitches and stuff, like, I think it's a lot of pressure to even be the position you were in was a lot of pressure and probably had a large emotional impact on those guys but you were able to put your head down and get through yeah 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 i I think it's a very impressive thing i think that it goes it it's it's more impressive than i think you realize it is that you were able to move on from that so quickly and not have permanent you know yeah scarring from that emotionally and you you were able to get home and be with nan and that's a impressive thing yeah yeah got a call coming in in the back Oh, no. I don't know what no. it means. But... Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't work for them anymore, so don't no. give them any money. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah, well, that's a... I got a good hour in here. That's I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up. I guess next time we could talk more about your home life and coming back to Nan. But when I guess the last thing I'd like to end with here is you came back on the boat and you landed. Was there was there a welcoming party waiting for you? Were your parents there? What sort of what sort of um, return home was there? Nothing. Nothing. There was nothing. When we left Japan, they, there was a a big thing like on a troop ship. People on on a troop ship had ribbons going back to people on land over there and stuff. Yeah. Sort of a celebration there, but. Uh, when we got here in the states, it was just nothing. You just we landed and we didn't go to Frisco. Now we went up to Seattle and landed. Yeah, yeah. You just got in there and you got off the boat. There was no bands. <laughs> yeah, no. it wasn't. Uh, you lived through and you were, I mean, very much aware as a teenager through the end of World War Two. Did you yeah. feel like there was sort of a lackluster response to the end of that war compared to World War Two? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that disappointing for the guys coming home? I don't know. We, they don't know if they we, really we got, cared. You know, got through. We're just glad to be home. You just happy to be out of there. I was going to get home. And <laughs> yeah. What did you do when you came home? Did you go right to your parents' place? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. Were they thrilled to see you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The next place I went to was Jane. Did you hop over <laughs> but, to but, Jane's but house? By that time, yep. Yeah. You still have your car. You couldn't, it's, your journal said you couldn't sell your car, so did you yeah. have your car yep. waiting yeah. for you? Yeah, I got it. Yep. I got had 30 days home, and I jumped in the car in January, and and I was stationed out then in Fairchild in Washington State and drove out there. Yep. Okay. Well, when, I guess I'm confused, you came back from Korea and well, you left from Japan. Where did you, did you land in San Francisco again? No, no, we, we landed up in Seattle in Washington. Okay. And your car wasn't waiting for you there, was it? No, no, no. I had to come home. You had to come. Did yeah, you fly home yeah. from Washington? No, I didn't. I didn't want to spend the money, so I rode the train home. I tried to get, you could get military hops in. In other words, maybe I'd get a hop down to Texas and then back to Ohio or something and then home. And I tried that and I couldn't get a good hop, so I just bought it. Train ticket and came home. Bought a train ticket. Yeah. And, and this is 
This is right. Is this December of 53 now? Yes, December 53. December uh -huh. 53. And then you got home. Did your parents pick you up from the train station? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Do you remember what that was like to see them for the first time? Well, that was a pretty good feeling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Were they, were they, did you, I know they were initially not really thrilled about you going into the service and everything, yeah. but at that point were they proud of you and relieved that oh, you were yeah. home? Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you got home, did you go see Jane like immediately or did you wait a day or two? Oh, I don't think. I think I saw her the same day. The same day. <laughs> All right. Those letters worked. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's exciting. He was coming and I, yeah. when the door, I heard the knock on the door, man. I was out there. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. remember seeing uh, Nan for the first time coming back, or is that a hard memory to specifically well, pick out? Yeah, I don't really have a specific, but yeah. No. I know I went down there, and I know Louise, she used to, one time she said, but it wasn't then, I don't think. <laughs> her, her little sister louise says oh no not you again you know, for, for 30 days for, for 30 days yeah for 30 days i was down there a lot <laughs> yeah yeah and then after the 30 days you went back out to washington right yeah uh -huh. i had a about a year and a half to go into my enlistment then yes. about a yeah. year and a half yeah all right, and we'll we'll cut it off there because okay. we'll pick it up there, and then I know Nan came out to visit, and we'll get the details from that. But um, thanks for sitting through this round here. Got some good good history. Yeah. Some Sweet to me, baby, sweet to me.